Good morning, church. Welcome to Faith Faith Community United Methodist Church. If you are, uh, we would hope that you are all well. Please remember to sign the the registration pads. And if you are visiting, please sign it as well. And we hope you enjoy your service today and uh, come back and visit us again. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank uh, Virginia Pinkerton, Marlene Gifford, and Pastor Andy for putting together the order of worship today. And I'd like to thank our speaker, Terry McLean. Our m- announcements this morning, um, out in the m- narthex you will find a display of uh, items and a box for care packages for our college students. There are 10 college students en- enrolled this fall semester. Uh, Julie, are there 
Are there, is there a list out there as well as on this paper? There's a list, there's a list out there that will, that will inform you as to the items that they would like to have in the boxes. The display will be there this Sunday and next Sunday. Today is Coins for Missions Sunday. You will find the blue buckets out in the narthex. The um, money that is collected today will go to Bridges of Hope, the Fish Pantry, and Wings of the Morning. The, um, there's an organ recital next the Thursday afternoon at noon. It, it will be at the Westminster Presbyterian Church in Dayton. It will be given by Dr. John W. W. Shear, son of jo John and Sharon Shear. If you follow along in the announcements, you'll see his, his bio. Um, the men of faith are inviting all, every, all the men to their meeting next Monday, the 18th. They will be meeting in room 16A and B. You are invited to come, bring your own meal and beverage, and there will be a social time followed by a short business meeting. Family night is Sunday, October 30th at 5 o'clock, and it will be Halloween theme, trunk or treat. Prayer chain is looking for folks who would be interested in participating with that mission to our members. And if you still need pledge envelopes for next year, be sure to not contact the church office by Monday, October 31st. If you will look to my left, you will see the prayer tree. On, in those envelopes are prayer requests, praises, thanks, whatever folks have wished to have on there to thank God for. If you would like to participate, there's a bas basket out there on the, on the table to the left of the narthex, and you can just take the little paper that's inside out, write your prayer request or, or praise on it, hang it on the tree. In the spring, during our prayer breakfast, we traditionally take them all off, pray for them, but we don't open them, burn what's inside, and then recycle the envelopes. So we invite you to participate in that mission. If you will all rise and join me in the call to worship, printed in the bulletin. I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing for this hymn, This Is My Song, page 437, if you are following in the hymnal.
You may be seated. I want to draw attention, since this is Women's Sunday, to the notations under a couple of the items, the opening prayer and, um, yeah, where's the other one? That are, they are done by women, and that was, we thought it was appropriate to bring that to your attention. So please join me in, in the uh, opening prayer. Give us grace, Almighty Father, to address you with all our hearts as well as with our lips. You are everywhere present from you. No secrets can be hidden. Teach us to fix our thoughts on you reverently and with love so that our prayers are not in vain but are acceptable to you now and always. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our children's moments done by, led by Karen Mossing. Can I have the children come forward, please? Good morning. Welcome here on this chilly morning. So today, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the word trust. If you guys hear the word trust, what is something you think about? One of the things I think about is when I was younger, and sometimes we would play a game that was called the trust fall. Have you guys ever done a trust fall? What happens in the trust fall game? You try to catch the person and so they don't hurt themselves. All right. So you, someone's going to fall, and you're going to try to catch them, right? Tell me about that person that's going to fall. Are they looking at you? All right. Usually they, you have them turn their back to you, right? And that's the trust part. We can't see that that person is there. If we were facing the person and we were falling, would you have more trust in them? You probably would because you'd see that they were there. But we f I feel like having God with us is like the trust fall game. Can we always see God? We can't always see him. Can we trust that he's there? That's one of our jobs that we have to learn how to keep doing. We can trust in him, and our whole lives is learning how to trust in him. Um, and so even though we can't see him, those times where we feel like we're falling or sometimes when we're still standing up, we have to trust that God is back there, that God's got us, and he's always going to stand there with us. All right? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day that we could all join together in your name. We ask that you please help us throughout our whole entire lives to gain trust and to help trust others and just let this word be a part of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.
Please join me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as a congregation with grateful hearts. The blessings and of the vibrant scenery of fall, such as the, the orange and yellow and red of the trees, the green of the grass, and the cooler days are all a constant reminders of the wonders of your creation. Thank you. We are also thankful for our families, our friends, those who protect us, and those who have taught us to know you and your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to use our blessings to teach others of your heavenly kingdom. Dear God, there are people hurting today. We think of those in Florida, which is hurricane-ravaged. We think of those who are sick. We think of those in war-torn areas. And we think of those who do not live in freedom. Oftentimes, we have no way of knowing how to help them. And so we pray to you to grant them a good day where they can smile and find joy. We ask that they learn of your son, Jesus, and the joy he can bring to their lives. Challenge us, Lord, to be your hands and feet and give us the courage to be about your work and all you do. Forgive us, Lord, for the times this week when we have sinned by what we have done against you or not done for you. We pray we can be more like you next week. Be with us as a congregation as we share our lives with each other and with you. Thank you for your prayer that we have been taught as we say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If the ushers would come forward, please.
please join me in the prayer of dedication. Lord, you are the good news to all of us. Through your love, we have received unmerited grace and salvation. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't remember to extend our love and assistance to our neighbors and everyone we encounter. Teach us to remember to love them in every situation, just as you extend your love to us in every situation each day. And we especially ask for the courage to act upon that faith. Amen. Please be seated. I failed to do a couple of other thank yous. Thank you to Karen Mossing for doing the children's service. Jim McPeak for filling in for, our, for Carol, who could not be here today. And our bell choir.
Our scripture lesson today is from Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. At this time, I'd like to take the oppor- my opportunity to introduce our speaker today, Terry McLean. Terry works in the Office of Fresh Starts and New Beginnings at the West Ohio Conference Office. She started there on July 1st after serving as the Office Administrator for the Miami Valley District for six and a half years. She grew up in Beaver Creek and attended Bowling Green State University, where she earned her Bachelor's of Science in International Business with a minor in Human Resources in Organizational Development. Following college, Terry worked at Faber Centers of America as a staff accountant, Simmons Beauty Rest as a purchasing manager, and Bell and Company as a process improvement consultant before staying at home to raise three girls for 17 years. She has, a, she has an amazing and beautiful three daughters, Haley, Sydney, and Avery. Haley is at pharmacy school in Cedarville. Sydney is a junior at Anderson University in Indiana and captain of her volleyball team. And Avery is a sophomore at Emanuel Christian Academy in Springfield. She actually must have some spare time. In her spare time, Terry likes to bake cakes, muffins, and scones for her local farmer's market with her daughter, Avery, as well as refinish furniture and repurpose wood pieces. She loves the Lord and enjoys helping others grow personally and in their relationship with Christ. I ask you to welcome Terry McLean. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? All right. Well, I'm honored to be your guest today, and I want to thank Carol for asking me uh, to share the message today. I'm just really glad that she didn't ask me to sing or play bells because I can't do either of those. Um, But it is a privilege to be able to share uh, the message that God has laid on my heart today. And I do enjoy helping people grow in their faith as they discover who God created them to be. So women in ministry isn't a new concept. However, women as a minister can look different because of stereotypes or roles in our society. And according to Webster, to be a minister is to give aid or service. However, before we can be a minister, we need to be ministered to, meaning that we need to grow our relationship with Jesus before we can be sent out to be a minister. And as believers, we are all called to share the good news and give aid or service to those in need. 
And being a minister doesn't mean you have to be up here behind the pulpit. Ministry happens anywhere. It can be our homes, our work, and in our community. And ministry just doesn't happen in church on Sundays. As Jesus walked, he ministered to people along the way. Wherever he went, he gave aid or service to all that he came near. Do you know how Jesus ministered to women in the Bible? Today we're going to look at a few interactions with women and how that can help shape women for ministry. Now men, don't tune me out. <laughs> Most of the information that I share today can pertain to men too. So before we get started, let's start with a word of prayer. Our Lord, our teacher, who guides us and loves us. You gave us the Holy Spirit who helps us to understand your word. Open our hearts and open our minds so that we may learn from your message and grow in our understanding of who you are and what you have called us to do. In your worthy name we pray. Amen. So the first story I want to look at today is the story of Mary and Martha. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, you can follow along with me. I'll be reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Again, that's Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So Martha asked Jesus to come to their house, and she is getting overwhelmed by everything that needs to get done. She is the one that is making all the preparations with the meal in the kitchen so that they can eat. Mary is the one who chooses to spend time with Jesus at his feet. Martha? is a doer, and Mary is a beer. Martha is the task-oriented one, and Mary is more relationship-oriented. So my first reaction to this passage is, oh, no, he didn't. Did he just tell Mary not to help me? I, can't, I do everything around here. I can't even. However, this isn't the story about keeping up with cooking and cleaning. It is about what distracts us from spending time with Jesus. Jesus isn't saying we don't need to keep up our household. He just says, seek me first. For when we spend time with Jesus, our whole outlook on our life changes. I mean, he isn't called the Prince of Peace for nothing. 
And we're not talking about a devotion being on your checklist or an email in your inbox, and you read it so that you can just check it off and go about your day. I'm talking about truly meeting up with Jesus to understand his character and what he wants you to learn from in the devotion or the scripture. It's a time to slow down and breathe in all that he has for you. It doesn't have to be the same time every day, though that does help to develop a habit. But time spent with him actually gives you more time back because you're more relaxed and focused to take on your day. I once heard a quote that some famous person said, and sorry, I can't remember who it was, but it went something like, I am so busy that I cannot not spend three hours in prayer. Literally, three hours. Who has time for that? But we underestimate how important it is to spend time with God and how much it will help us. We often don't think we have time to pray or spend time with Jesus, or we don't make time to do it. However, to get control of your life, the best thing you can do is to find the time to spend with Jesus. You won't be sorry. Are you too busy that you don't find the time to spend with Jesus? Do you have other distractions that keep you from spending time with him? The next story that I want to look at is the woman at the well. You can follow along with me again as I read John chapter 4, verses 4 to 15. Again, that's John chapter 4, verses 4 to 15. Now, we had to go through Samaria, so we came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. How is it that you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. So Jesus is resting along his journey, and a woman comes to the well. It is not customary for women to come and draw water at the hottest part of the day. The only reason 
that she is there at this time is because she was an outcast. We find out later in the scripture that she has had five husbands. She is also a Samaritan and Jews, and Samaritans don't get along. There is history there. However, Jesus doesn't shy away from her. Instead, he asked her for a drink. Do you think Jesus needed her to give him a drink? Do you think there is anything that Jesus can't do on his own? Jesus wasn't asking for her literal cup of water. He was asking for her shame and her guilt. He wanted to give her something that he, she couldn't attain on her own, a life of righteousness. He was inviting her into a relationship with him. There are many things that can keep us from Jesus, but he isn't here to judge us, but to love us. Do you have anything that you feel guilty about or ashamed about that puts a barrier for you, puts up a barrier for you in having a relationship with Jesus? So in both of these encounters with Jesus, he met the women where they were, right in the middle of their day, in the midst of their chores, in the midst of the work they were doing. They knew him. Oh, Mary and Martha are his friends. They knew him and had spent time with him before. Martha was close enough to Jesus that she felt she could ask him to tell Mary to help her. Jesus responds with kindness and no condemnation. He merely refocuses Mary's thoughts, Martha's thoughts. And though he doesn't know the Samaritan woman at the well, he greets her and treats her with the same kindness and no condemnation. He knows them. He is able to meet them and give them guidance right where they are in their lives. He tells Martha that she is troubled with many things, and he tells the woman at the well about her sins. Because Jesus knows us inside and out. And even though the stories today are about women, the same is true with men. Jesus meets men where they are. He can minister to all because he knows us inside and out. So does this Jesus knowing you inside and out make you want to turn from him or run to him? The first recorded question in the Bible is in Genesis after Adam and Eve ate from the apple in the tree in the middle of the garden. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10, it says... Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the tree of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So why do you think God asked where they were? You think he didn't know where they were. I mean, he's God. He knew where they were. However, when God was asking where they were, the Hebrew word that was used is ayeka. A-Y-E-K-A-H. It means, where are you in relationship to me? 
where did you go in here, in your heart? See, Adam and Eve and God walked together in the garden. They talked together. They were close. And nothing was hid from each other. Then Adam and Eve went against God and were deceived by the serpent. In shame, they hid from God and put up a barrier in their relationship with him. The trust that they had in their relationship was no longer there. Ayeka, where did you go? God meets us and calls out to us. Ayeka, where are you? Where is your heart in relation to me? So the lowest part of my life, God called out to me. I was down on my knees, crying out to my God. I said, I am trying so hard, Lord. Why aren't things getting any better? Why am I not any better? And he simply answered me, love me more. I said, but Lord, how can I love you more? You know I love you. I'm in church every Sunday. I take Bible studies so I can grow in my faith. I read your word. I pray. And I am your hands and feet in so many ways as I serve in your name. I don't know how I could love you any more than I already do. He simply said again, love me more. I didn't know what to do with that. I thought I had been doing all the right things to grow in my relationship with him, so I just tucked it away in the back of my mind. When I turned to my friends, they said, well, do what makes you happy. It was then that I realized I had no idea what made me happy. It was so bad that I didn't even know my favorite color. <laughs> I had spent my whole life trying to please everyone else, that I had not taken the time to know who God had created me to be. So I spent years trying to discover the person he'd created me to be. And one day, I was driving home from work, or driving to work, after dropping my girls off at school, when God gave me the idea for a women's ministry at my church. Idea after idea flowed on how to organize it, and by the time I got to the church, I was ready to explode with excitement. I ran in and began telling our children's director at the same time that I felt the idea that God had laid on my heart. My hands were in the air as I was describing everything, and I was talking really fast. She was jumping up and down with me when I finished, and she said, Terry, you are glowing. It was then that my life seemed to flash before my eyes. He showed me how he had provided for me when I didn't think he was there. He showed me how he had cared for me and made a way for me when I didn't know the way. I had just encountered God. And when he whispered, Ayeka, I was able to get off that fence that I didn't even know I was sitting on. And I said, I'm here, Lord, right here. And now I understand what it means to love you more. It was at that moment when I truly trusted him and gave my heart and my life to him.
So back to these three women. When Jesus called out to Ayeka, to Martha, she was too busy and too stressed out with all the details. Are you like Martha, who is too busy to spend time with Jesus? Are you worried and upset about many things? Do you have things which keep you distracted and from spending time in the Word with Jesus? Or are you like Mary, who takes the time to sit at Jesus' feet when Jesus called out to her, Ayeka, where are you? She's like, right here, right here at your feet. Do you often make time to read your Bible and listen to what he wants to reveal to you? Or are you more like the Samaritan woman at the well? When Jesus called out to her, she was ashamed, but curious. She wanted what he offered, but wasn't sure she understood how to get it. Are you ashamed about things you have done in your life, and does it cause you to hide from Jesus? Do you long to be fully known and still fully loved, but yet you feel unworthy or undeserving of his redeeming grace? In order to be women and men in ministry, we need to focus on our relationship with Jesus. We need to make spending time with him a priority. We are our best selves when we focus our relationship on Jesus. We need to make spending time with him a priority. Oh, sorry. And then, like Jesus, we are able to minister, give aid and service to those we come in contact with throughout our day, with our families, co-workers, and friends, we can share the kindness and compassion that Jesus shows us. We can show by example a life spent with Christ helps us through the trying and difficult times. We can show a life shared with Christ is a more joy-filled and peaceful life. A life with Christ doesn't mean bad things won't happen. It just means we are changed on the inside and more able to cope with them. Jesus invites us into a relationship with him because he wants to be in relationship with us. He is able to give us the peace and joy that we cannot attain on our own. He is inviting us to worship him in spirit and truth. He carries our burdens and exchanges our guilt and shame for righteousness. He is able to take our yuck and turn it into something beautiful. We just have to be willing. We have to be able to open our hearts and trust him so that when he says, Ayeka, where are you? Where are you in here in relation to me? You can say, I'm right here. Amen. Join in on our final hymn, page 98, To God Be the Glory. Please note that it was written by Fanny Crosby.
May the grace of God, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. Amen.